Okay, come on in, parents, from dropping off and others. If you need a Bible, raise your hand this morning, and we would love to get you one. We're going to be in the scripture, so if you don't have your Bible, Lawrence would love to get you one. Just raise your hand. If you do have a Bible, Luke chapter 10 this morning, Luke chapter 10. I just want to encourage you and thank you for the power of prayer. Does anyone believe in prayer in this room? Let's hear that again. Do you believe in prayer? Yes. yes, amen. And we want to become even more of a praying church. And as we start the year, we'll encourage you to be doing that. But many of you know that a couple of weeks ago, Nathaniel had a little bit of a run-in with a bench. And the bench won just this time. Next time he's going to kick that bench in the rear. But anyways... The corner of the bench hit his mouth, and his front teeth was a little bit of a mess, and they went back too far. Some you thought half an inch, an inch back, and, and it was not a nice situation. So after going to the dentist and him realizing he couldn't do anything, Nathaniel was sent to Chio, and Amy took him, and yeah, we were just praying. And the word went out to pray. The word went out to pray to some of you, and you talked to each other, and then at the Christian school that he's a part of, people prayed, and I even talked to some of my friends from South Africa and around the world to be praying, and we were just thankful it wasn't an eye or a head, but still it would be nice if he had some teeth to look nice. But anyways, <laughs> so he went, and the dentist, it was a lady, was able to get those teeth back and you know, it's been a process, he's had to eat liquid foods, but this week was, Nathaniel had to go for a checkup, because the dentist said, didn't know if the roots would connect, that the teeth uh, would come back to life, we're still not sure, but we went for a checkup, and so Amy went in and uh, just talked to the dentist, and there was some stuff that didn't get translated, didn't get done, and so asked the question, are the teeth going to live, and she says, there's no hope for the teeth, period. There's no hope. And that's, that's okay, because we can keep praying, right? And there's lots of fake teeth to put in for real teeth, so praise the Lord. But what, what really I want to encourage you with is the dentist said to Amy, you know, the night that you came, Amy translated uh, this story to me. She said, it was amazing that I even got the teeth back in. She said, they were so far back, I didn't even think when I looked at his mouth that I could move those teeth. And then she said something rather curious. She said, there seemed to be energy in the room that night. <laughs> Amy quickly said, well, that's because I was praying. And I want to thank you guys for praying. And I want you to know when you do pray that God hears and God works. And it's not an energy, amen? amen. It's a person. And that person is called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit works in all our lives. And though it is just some teeth, I want to encourage you to let you know that God is hearing your prayers. God does hear your prayers. And as Jr. would say, all of heaven hears my prayers, Dan. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> but I want to encourage you, God does hear your prayers. And if you are frustrated this morning, maybe there's something that you're praying for and you don't feel the energy, would you have faith to trust that God is working 
even when you cannot see. And I want to encourage you to continue to persevere in your prayers. Your prayers for those who don't know the Lord. Your prayers for things that God has put on your heart. Just persevere because the greatest thing the devil can do is get you frustrated and discouraged and get you to stop praying. But if we continue to have faith in our God in his time, he will work. And so it's a little pep talk to say in a little situation that someone in the world recognized something was happening beyond the normal. And I want to tell you, it's because God hears prayer. Amen. All right, so that's your pep talk going into 2019. We're easily distracted, but let's continue to pray. So Luke chapter 10, I was thinking about the words of Jesus, and we're going to wrap this into Christmas. But verses 38 to 42. It's a familiar story. And one that I've talked about a lot, but actually with the words of Jesus, I haven't talked about at all. I can remember a long time ago, believe it or not, when we did discipleship, and Chelsea's not here, but the first Sunday she was here, that Mary and Martha, that story, had an impact on her. And that's the last time we went through the Gospels. So basically you say, why are you doing the words of Jesus? Basically I'm going through the Gospels, if you haven't figured that out. Just in, last time I did it in an event 10 years ago, in sequence of event, and this time I'm just doing it through the words of Jesus, but we're concentrating ourselves in the gospel, because here we believe in going through the word of God, but you don't even know it, but you've gone through the gospels the last six to eight months through the words of Jesus. So when we feel like we're complete, we'll move on to another book of the Bible, but it's really interesting that I hadn't talked about this story yet, and it's been a long time, but yet it's a story we all know, and it is very Encourage. It says, now it happened, in verse 38, chapter 10 of the Gospel of Luke, as they went, that he entered, that's Jesus, a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. Raise your hand if you've heard that story. Raise your hand if you've read a book about that. Yeah, probably, so I'm not going to add too much about that. It was interesting this week, though. In our house, there's a lot of dishes and serving that needs to happen. So we have something called the chore chart in our house, and it's the dreaded chore chart. And I don't know if you had something like a kid or you even have that in your house, a chore chart, but the reality is there's a lot of complaining that was going on, and that was just Amy and I. Because <laughs> a lot of the chores weren't getting done, and Dad and Mom were doing them, and you think we should be the mature ones, but we were getting a little frustrated because as we looked at the names on the chart, all of a sudden these people were at work or had volleyball or ballet, and just like, 
this is not working because they're getting so old, they're not even here to do their job. And what about everything that has to be done? When you're usually serving 10 to 11 people a night, there are a lot of dishes. And so we revamped the church, church heart. And thanks to the genius of joy, we came up with a solution to the absent name on the list by having an alternative server. I think we were being like Martha. The problem is when the alternate is missing as well, the second alternate is me. <laughs> anyway, that is okay. But I know how Martha felt. Sometimes you felt, and I probably, my wife, who ends up doing most of the work anyways, and probably you, most importantly, when you're doing something that is a good thing and serving, it can be easy to think, well, where is everyone else? Now, usually in my house, not everyone is sitting at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> it might be sitting at the feet of the TV or homework. But anyways, Mary obviously was choosing, choosing a different path. And the words of Christ come true to us, and they are very well known. And it seems very clear that Mary was doing the right thing. And it doesn't mean that we don't serve. That's not what Jesus is saying. But there are some words he uses here that become very interesting. And I would ask you in your life if you've ever felt distracted, worried, troubled, you might be in the place of Martha. If you're worried, troubled, distracted, and you might even be busy doing a lot of good things but you're losing sight of the one thing that is needed, sitting and hearing Jesus. It's not just sitting at his feet, it's hearing his word. And I read many commentaries about this, and very few of them talk about that phrase, hearing his word. The psalmist writes in Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. Is that your heart this morning? To simply dwell with him, to be with him, and to behold his beauty. It's interesting that Mary is seen three times in the gospel. You might know that, you might have tracked her, you might have heard that, but Mary is seen three times, and each of those times, she's at the feet of Jesus. So here, she's at the feet of Jesus. We know when Lazarus dies, she comes, Martha speaks to Jesus, and then Mary comes, and it says very clearly that Mary fell at the feet of Jesus. Not only that, Martha held another dinner, and it seems that Mary took the costly perfume, broke it on Jesus' feet, and wiped it with her hair. Three times mentioned, three times at his feet, worshiping, learning, listening, being in the presence of Christ. So much of our walk is distracted. It was even twice this week through text or meeting with people that I heard from people, my life is just simply too distracted. And I don't want to speak of everyone in this room because I'm not going to 
presume that everyone's distracted, but I would say that our culture lives very busy lives. We almost feel more productive to be busy. And the idea of sitting, not being in a hurry, is almost, yeah, unproductive, lazy. And at the end of the day, we ask ourselves, what did we accomplish? And if we've just chosen to sit with Jesus for a portion of it, sometimes we do feel like we've missed something. But Jesus says, listen, it's better to sit at my feet. It's better to listen to my voice than to do anything else. Now again, I want to let you know he's not saying not serve, but he's saying get your priorities correct in how you serve. And if your service is coming to create identity for yourself, and you don't just want to be with Christ, you're missing something very great because that's truly where you will find who you are as you are with him and hear him. In the home group, we're reading a book that I talk about often. It's had a nice little impact on my life, The Good and Beautiful God, but I skipped ahead with my high school class. We've been moving rather quickly and going through it, and we completed the final chapter, and it's got an interesting title, and we're heading to that in our home groups, but it's, it talks about this, being a pickle, being a pickle. Now, before, as a child, I didn't know much about pickles. I just enjoyed the taste of pickles, but I didn't know how pickles were made. But now that we make our own pickles, or excuse me, I watch Amy make the pickles, <laughs> I understand a little more. So the author, James Bryan Smith, talks about how it's a good thing, and when we do, we get our little cucumbers, usually from the millers, and we wash them and clean them, and make the brine, and then you put the dill in, right? You put the garlic in and whatever fine things you want to put in, you put them in there, and I'm just thinking, I want to eat the pickles now. You can't eat the pickles, right? They have to sit, and they have to sit, and they have to sit. And some say the longer they sit, sometimes the better they are. Because as that little cucumber is sitting in that brine and in that dill and in that garlic, it takes on, right, the taste of what's in there. And so the longer, the more saturated that little cucumber becomes. And so the author was saying, that's really a great way to live with Christ. Now think of this very clearly. As you sit with him in his presence, you will become more like him. As you hear his word, as you sit maybe in the brine of the presence of Jesus Christ, he will influence you and you will take on his taste. The difficulty is we're often in a hurry and we don't know how to slow down. But we need to learn, as the psalmist says in four, Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and you can finish it. And what? Let's try again. Be still. And one more time, since you're so good. Be still. He says, don't be in a rush and know I'm God, right? And if you've ever studied that psalm, you will know that he talks about God is in control. And even if things are difficult, he is our rock and our refuge. That psalm means a lot to me 
But in the midst of great difficulty in your life, you can see that God is sovereign and God is in control, but you have to stop and slow down this thing, right? And as Henry Nguyen would say, throw out the thought monkeys, get your mind on Christ, sit at his feet, hear his word, his Holy Spirit, be still and know truly who he is. It's a battle. And I don't think this battle is going to go away anytime soon. And you might think as you leave, I'm going to make a pledge to slow down, to have that time maybe in the morning or the evening, or to shut down the TV just to be in his presence. But I want to encourage you, if you make that decision you're going to be radically challenged in that. And things will get busy. Things will get busy fast because when we choose to spend time with the Lord, Satan does not like that. And we, what ensues is a little bit of a spiritual battle. But if you can truly choose to sit at his feet and hear his word and his voice, you have chosen the one better thing. We need to be in the presence of the Lord. Recently, I've started to run again. And I never thought I'd really run again. I got one bad knee. I think maybe it was an excuse not to run. <laughs> I've always hated running. And Amy used to say when she ran, when the kids were little, she'd, she'd say to me, Listen, it's not the running. It's just an escape from everybody in the home. Because <laughs> she didn't have much time. We had a lot of kids. So it's kind of like whacking two birds with one stone. And I started running again. And the first month, there was nothing but a lot of heavy breathing. And people would say, well, don't you think or pray when you run? I'm like, no, I'm just thinking, when is this going to be over? That's what I would think most of the time. But as I continued and I got a little bit more oxygen in my lungs, and it can be walking for you. I'm just saying it can be something where you get alone. But now I find I need a time like that. And it's not even the exercise. It's me and the Lord. And I think in the Smith Falls arena, there's a crazy man with the blue sweatshirt that runs with his hands lifted, sometimes shouting the name of Jesus. And that's me. Because when I get alone with him, there is nothing like that. And there are times, no matter where it is, whether it's running or sitting in the prayer room or walking in the woods, whatever it is for you, and in those times, you begin, and I believe in this so clearly, to hear his voice. Have you had that experience where a verse comes to you, where the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin? It is a reality, and I believe with it, with all of my heart, that our God speaks through the truth of his word and through the power of his Holy Spirit. And if you will slow down and sit at his feet, you will hear him. A lot of people say to me, Dan, I just can't hear God. And I say, well, how hard are you listening? 
Well, I'm listening. Listening involves shutting your mouth. Listening involves slowing down. When you talk to someone who's a friend, you know good listeners because you seem like the only one in the room to them. They're not looking at their phone. They're not thinking about anything else. They're looking at you, focused on you, listening to you, and you say, wow, I really appreciate that. Is that you in your relationship with God? When you're sitting at his feet, are you throwing the distractions aside? Have you learned to shut off your phone? Have you learned to say, no, I'm going to be a good listener? I guarantee if you will make this a practice in your life as Mary did, that you will be reminded of scripture. You will hear the Holy Spirit's quiet, gentle voice. You will sense conviction in your life. You will hear encouragement for those you're praying for. And there are times when I am doing that, and I wish it would happen more, that I hear someone's name and a thought, and I will text them. And a lot of times you will hear back, how did you know? And I say, I didn't know nothing. But the one I listen to knows all things. Come on, I think we've all experienced that. Haven't we? Because God is real and the relationship is alive. His word is truth and his Holy Spirit speaks today. Sitting at his feet, slowing down. If you have a Bible, Psalm 131, just quickly this morning, Maybe a psalm that you've heard before. It's not a very popular one. But my friend Al Gurley always pointed this little psalm out to me when he was trying to teach me to have a quiet heart, a still heart. Psalm 131 says this, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty, Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. And this picture that we have so clearly of a child who's weaned, but yet so much at peace, just quieted their soul. And I would think in the presence of God, there's this trust. Amy and I were talking about this, and again, we, we've had a lot of children, and we know when they're not weaned and they were fussing about, and she reminded me often, they just wanted to feed with mom. And that's what calmed and soothed them. Have you ever had that? Maybe you've had children, you know, they're screaming at night. And I've done this a few times. I'm like, hey, get that child. And breastfeed that child and calm that child down. I'm tired. Because the child was striving and moving. And she, would, she said to me, yeah, and even when you tried to get them close to feed them, they were still working and striving until they finally 
were fed and then they calmed down. But that's not the picture here. It says a weaned child. In Hebrew culture, that's over three or four. And the word weaned means to complete, to ripen, to mature. So they come to this point where they can find peace with mom without the feeding. They come to a place of maturity where they can quiet themselves without striving for something that they need. Well, God, I'll calm down if you give me what I want. No, that's not the picture. The picture is maturity and completeness of quieting your soul in his presence where you don't need anything, where you don't need an answer. When it's not about me, I need you, I need this. No, it's just being in your presence that I've come to the place of maturity. Warren Wearsby says this, God sometimes has to, has to wean us away from good things to give us better things. I'm going to repeat that. Sometimes God has to wean us away from good things to bring us to better things. Think about that. Martha and Mary. Sometimes God has to take you away from the Martha to do the Mary. And we get our comfort from doing, right? That's how I feel it. I get my comfort in that. But no, Mary chose the one thing, the better thing, being in the presence of God, hearing him, and that would vault us out to do the serving much better without the complaining, the distraction. It truly is a beautiful picture. The quiet, mature soul in the presence of God. And that's what he wants from all of us. To truly, simply be with him, that one thing of the psalm, to dwell with him. So how do we wrap this up into Christmas? Well, let me do that now. <laughs> Christmas can be a very busy time, but maybe you've weaned yourself off Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're all learning to do that. And maybe it's not a busy time for you, but maybe this is a danger. So maybe I'm only speaking to half the audience, which is fine. If I can speak to one person through the power of the Holy Spirit, great. That's all we need. But the reality is some of us need to be weaned off the culture of Christmas. The busyness of Christmas. I heard a preacher say once, it's not Merry Christmas, it's mere chaos. The lights, the tree, the blow-up toys, <laughs> the presents, the gifts. What do I have to do? What services, what parties do I have to attend? And it's something that we've heard, obviously, a lot, but we can be distracted with the activity of Christmas and the gathering of Christmas, and we lose sight of being in the presence of what God has done. And maybe for you this morning, you need to hear, it's okay. You don't have to scramble around distracted, complaining, worried, or troubled but you can choose the better thing this Christmas and finding a time to get alone with your master and just pondering him and what he has done. And to close, I'll tell you this. Mary gave us a great example in Luke chapter 2. She had the baby in the stable and all of a sudden these shepherds come. Remember the shepherds? 
We see them as the blue-collar workers. They were up night, the night shift. They saw the angels. They appear. This is incredible. Okay, let's go see the child. They tromp in. Probably got all junk on their feet and dirty, but the stable was dirty. It didn't matter. And they told Mary and Joseph all that they heard and saw. This is amazing. This is incredible. You should have seen in the activity. Think about that small place and all these shepherds coming in. And it simply says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, that Mary pondered and kept all these things in her heart. I want you to think of that. And I want to think of that for Christmas this year, going into this week, the new year. Whether you're busy or not busy, I want to issue a challenge to stop hurrying and simply ponder and keep all of these things in your heart. Do you really know why you celebrate? Oh, I know you know the answer. I'm talking in your heart. Do you really know what you're celebrating? You're celebrating a God of love who loved you so much that he sent his only son to become humanity who gave up himself and made himself no reputation and humbled himself to the place that led him to the cross. And he died for you out of his love for you. And he rose again out of obedience and love, obedience to the Father and love for you. And I'm going to ask you, instead of the presence and the tree and the lights and the cooking, and whether you got what you want or didn't get what you wanted, would you simply this year take time alone, whether it's walking in your favorite chair or somewhere, to ponder Jesus and to be at his feet? And may I add this, would you listen to his voice? Don't hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Let him take all of you. And be like Mary and ponder and keep all of these things in your heart. Simply, it is the better thing. It is the one thing. So I was thinking about this all week. And there's a song I love. It's called Not in a Hurry. Because usually I'm rushing around in my car in a hurry when... I put it on my stereo, and God says, listen, not in a hurry. So a long time ago, well, not a long time ago, but four months, I think, ago, I had Stefan and Liam sing it. And I thought today would be a good reminder for us, and I just want you to close your eyes as they come, and they're going to sing it, and I don't want you to look around, and I want to give you a little time to ponder and listen to the words of not being a hurry when it comes to listening and worshiping and being at the feet of Jesus. So after they're done, just to give you a little guidance, what we're going to do is Randy's going to come up, and then we're going to go into communion once they're complete. So I'm not going to come back up, but I want you to stay in the place of worship, pondering him, and then pondering the elements and truly what Christ has done for you. This is not a routine this is not something we have to do. This is a time for you to think and keep these things in your heart. Christ, what he's done, that you're forgiven, that you're free, that you're loved.
that you're loved. And may I say it again, that you're loved. Let's not be in a hurry this morning. Maybe you have a lot to do this afternoon. Maybe you have a lot on your mind. Will you slow down and think on Jesus this morning? Let's worship him.